Hello, and welcome to The Canadian Story, where we discuss what Canada is, what Canada could be, and what Canada should be. Um, talk right into your mic, please. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> okay. Zach does that to me, too. I know, I have to scold everyone about that. <laughs> <my team. laughs> you gotta make out with it. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Today we are joined by... An old friend of mine, Sarah Blackwood. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It is our sincere pleasure. Um, we start every episode by asking our guests something they love about Canada. So if you could just give us a rundown of what you love about this country, that would be awesome. Easy, easy. Okay. Uh, it's beautiful. If you've ever driven ac- across Canada, there's so many different things that you see, that you experience, that you kind of can explore. And I think my, my favorite thing about Canada is just how it, it, the nature thrives and how beautiful it is. You know, you go out West and there's mountains and, and islands and beautiful oceans and lakes. And I, yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful place. And for the most part, people are extremely friendly here. Like we really are. You've been (laughs) in every corner of this country. Every, (laughs) every deep, dark corner. So, um, for the listeners who don't know who have, I guess, been living under a rock for the past decade, Sarah Blackwood (laughs) is, uh, one of the members of walk off the earth. So we've spent, uh, you know, a decade, uh, touring Canada, touring the world. Um, so she's seen lots of the country. <laughs> I've seen it all. Even parts that I didn't expect to see because we accidentally drove the wrong way for four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> in the wrong direction and ended up somewhere up north in like, you know, the Northwest Territories or the Yukon. And we wake up on, on the bus or the van and go, this uh, doesn't not, feel We're not right. supposed to be here. <laughs> Where are we? Okay, so could you call recall like what is maybe one of the weirdest places in Canada you've ended yes, up? Yes, yes. Oh, um, hmm. I mean, I think in between Ontario and British Columbia, there's a lot of empty space, and you can end up at like a diner somewhere and just be, you know, you're in this. You've gone back in time. And you're in this place and you're like, where am I right now? Like, who are these people? There's people like, (laughs) you know. They just look like they're living like from 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of really weird experiences and crazy experiences in Canada. But they're so hard to recall specifically because like Zach said, like we've driven across the country thousands of times at this point. I remember with my old band, we would start a tour here you know from burlington and we would drive all the way to winnipeg and you just come across the most interesting things the most interesting people gas prices changes dramatically depending on where you are in the country (laughs) oh yeah because it depends on how hard it is to get there northern ontario i've always found to be a very weird place and like in a good way like i love it though like Like the shield and like the moose and the swamps it's just such a different canada oh when you get to see a moose or caribou it's the best thing ever because yeah. <laughs> they're these majestic creatures that that you see on TV. When you see them in real life, you're like, whoa. It's what? like seeing a yeah, unicorn. Yeah. yeah. You it's, know? And they're massive. Oh. They're massive. They're huge. So big. <laughs> they take out semi-trucks. Like yeah. if a semi-truck runs into a moose, the, the semi-truck is done. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've the hit... moose wins. <laughs> we've, we've hit, you know, deer. Not, I don't think I've ever hit a moose, but deer destroyed the front of the van of whatever band we were touring with and just I think the actually you know what one funny story we did this tour across Canada with a band from Australia and they came here and it was in the middle of winter they came here with zero real experience of winter at all (laughs) so they all had hoodies and you know they're like flip-flops or whatever (laughs) and oh no (laughs) and here we are driving across the entire country we get into the mountains and they're just like they're in a broken down, crappy rented van. And they were like, they, I remember them breaking down. They got lost somewhere. They had no jackets. And we were all like, you guys need to go to the store right now and get yourselves hooked up. Blankets, jackets, mittens, you know, toques, every, or beanies, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's definitely, you know, it's different than the rest of the world. And it's very different from North America. North America almost feels like you can be in different countries when you're down there. It's like the states are all their own little countries. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada's just like 
all the way across kind of the same. Well, <laughs> I mean, the difference between Nebraska and California is drastic. Drastic. It's true. <laughs> the true. difference between Florida and Ohio, you know, it's just there's so many and there's so many different accents yeah, in the true, in the states true. as well. You know, you you go to Boston, you know you're in Boston. You go to New York, you know you're in New York. You go to California, you know you're in California. Uh, I think in Canada, it's just we have the one accent and it gets really strong if you go to the outside to edges. The, the sides, yeah. <laughs> Especially the, you know, the East Coast. It really must hits be something you there. to do with yeah. the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all, because we're from Toronto and a lot of us are well traveled or whatever. So we kind of, we, you can't really tell. But I find myself, when I hear myself back in interviews or, talking for whatever reason at a VIP session or something. And I say certain words. I'm like, wow, that was, I just said that really Canadian. Do you use A still? I totally use it all the time. I use it all the time. I use A. um, My husband's mom is from out East. So words like couch, she just says like, oh, the cooch. Oh yeah. (laughs) Or a boot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A boot's like, a boot's a lot. I don't know a lot of people that say a boot. JJ McCullough does JJ does say a boot. He does. Fiercely. Yeah, we pronounce our O words and O-U words just a little bit different than the yeah. rest of the world, for sure. It's endearing. Yeah. So what would you say, so you've been all over the world, you've seen a lot. What would you say is the most unique thing about Canada? Like when you come back here, you're like, ah, that's Canada. I, I think, well, the most unique thing definitely when you're outside of Canada and you're in the rest of the world is people love Canadians. Right, right, right. And they can never tell where you're from, from right away. So they kind of start so a like, conversation. Are you American? Yeah, yeah you exactly. And I've honestly, I've experienced that firsthand in so many places in Europe, uh, you know, Prague, Germany. If, if, if you're having a conversation with someone over there and they know you're from North America, so they're already stoked. Like they, you know, people from Europe always want to come over to North America and check it out. Just like we want to go there. And, and they'll be like, oh yeah, cool. So, and then you get to the point, okay, where are you from? Oh, Canada. And instantly they're like, Canada! <laughs> and then it's just this, like their whole demeanor changes because they just, they they love Canadians. So I think the, the one thing that we take with us that's really unique is the fact that we can go anywhere in the world and be loved by everybody else. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a real a blessing. Yeah. yeah, it's a blessing. Although right now I feel like if we go anywhere in the world and have a conversation, obviously, about what's going on, people are like, oh, are you still in lockdown? <laughs> yeah. You guys are the ones that are like really far behind, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, why so, are you all still in your homes? Like, yeah, it's probably because we are so chill and we're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, all right, government. We'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, coming home to Canada, it's just, I think, and it's probably like this no matter where you are. It just feels like home. You come, you, you cross the border, you come home from the airport, you come back onto Canadian soil and you're like, yeah, I'm home. Like this is, this is where I'm from. And and that that's that's like a really nice warm feeling. So I I feel like our country does give people like a cozy place to be. Yeah, yeah um, that's a good point. I definitely can echo that. Nothing has made me appreciate and love my country more than all the touring that we've done and going to other places. Yeah. When you come back to Canada, you're like, mm, this is right. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. Is, this, this is, is home. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and it's cool that it gives us that sense of home. I think. Because uh, I think some countries, you know, don't have that. When you get Absolutely. there, you're like, oh, I feel on edge, right? We had, we've had people on the podcast who've, like, had riots going on in front of their house and, like, people trying to kill their families. Yeah. And it's like, you probably don't feel like you're at home when you come there. Like, well, you love that place, but you have this fear about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that happens in more places than you'd think. I actually, my kids the other day, I made them tacos and... I made the, I always make their food up for them before I give it to them because otherwise they're kids. They're like, I didn't want this on there and blah, blah, blah. So they, they were like, oh, I didn't want meat on my taco. And I, Johnny and I don't cater to, oh, I want pasta and I want noodles with butter and I want a hot dog and right, I want this. Right. All we're three like, kids get different things now. Yeah, no, we're not, like, oh, that we're not doing that. This is not a restaurant. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. You eat, you eat what we eat and we're very adamant about our kids eating actual food. Like, don't give me the kids menu. They're going to eat what we're eating at the table. They're going to eat from the grown up menu and we're going to teach them about exploring food. Although Canadians can definitely get better at exploring food because I feel like sure. I grew up with like the craft dinner hot dog 
grilled cheese and tomato soup diet. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a very common if Canadian our diet, if our national food or whatever is actually poutine, we need to step it up a notch. You know, <laughs> yeah, we can do better. We can do better. We can definitely do better with our, our culinary palate. But uh, anyway, so they they started complaining about not wanting certain things on their tacos. So I said, you know what? Let's let's go. Let's sit down. Let's go on YouTube. Let's look up what other people are eating in different countries. And I went, we, we watched, um, uh, like Africa, you know, we went to all, all these different countries to see what people are living like and to see what they're going through and to see what their food options are. And my kids just, their jaws kind of dropped and they were staring at the screen because Africa was an intense one. Yeah. yeah. Very intense. You know, children, their parents. Bugs. Like, like sometimes it, that's all they have. It was, it, it was, and even just for Johnny and I were in tears. Like we were, you know, and just to kind of remind yourself that there's these pl- like places in the world that don't have the resource. They don't even have clean water. Like this one little boy was um, feeding his sister a glass of water that he took out of, you know, a pond after a drought that they had had for months and they, had no water. And he said, you know, if I don't give my little sister this cup of water every day, she will die of malaria because she's sick with all kinds of different diseases right now. And my mom um, can't get up because she's also sick. So letting my kids watch that and kind of recognize what the situations are like in other parts of the world, I think was a really important parenting move because I do know a lot of parents that would have said, okay, well, what do you want then? I'll make you the noodles with butter. Okay. You don't want to eat that. I'll make you this. And I just said to them, do you think if I handed this taco to, to that little boy that he would say, no, thank you. You know, I think what, did they eat the tacos after? Oh, they didn't say a word afterwards. <laughs> that's yeah, that's good parenting, exactly. They didn't say a word. They ate their tacos and they haven't complained since. And I honestly think that once a week, if parents were to showcase, you know, depending on your situation, to showcase what's going on in the rest of the world, they would have a different perspective. Children are really smart. Mm-hmm. They really are. Mm-hmm. They don't like they're also very manipulative, which is why we're all like, okay, fine. We'll just make you what you want. Just shut up. Yeah. But it's so important at the young ages to, to showcase like, and to let your children see these things so that they can appreciate what they have, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's so important even for us as adults to remember too. Exactly. I think we so often get caught up in, the the day-to-day grind and everything that's going on in our own lives and we f- so easily forget how lucky we are to live in the country that we live in where yeah. there's always clean water there's always food available there are social safety nets if you're in trouble there are all these things put in place for our safety and we forget so quickly that the rest of the world doesn't necessarily work like that and there's maybe more places that don't than do yeah and well, uh, the vast majority of the world, right? Like the life expectancy in Russia is 67 if you're a man, right? Right. Yeah. Like because they're drinking so much, but for a lot of other reasons. And it's, I think we, we it, as Canadians, we need to travel more. This is one of the things I love about what you guys have seen. You've seen the world and you're like, I love this place. And we have, we've had guests on who are like, who fled where they were from to come here yeah. because it's so much better. And we, we forget that. Yeah, we, all the time. We don't talk about what an amazing place Canada is to live. In fact, we, we've been spending a lot of time talking about how awful Canada is yeah. lately as a, as a country. We need to stop that. Yeah. Not not because awful things didn't happen and we, we need to reflect on those, but like, look at how good we have it. Yeah. We should always be trying to get better. Yes. And we shouldn't hide from our history and we shouldn't, you know, try to get away from any of those things. But we also shouldn't forget that we have something good here. Yeah. Well, I was just just going through the numbers. Canada's tenth largest economy in the world, and sixteenth largest per capita, and that that's like with Luxembourg and places like that above us, right? Like mm-hmm. we're literally as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't get better than here. Yeah, and that's except why so many the people weather. Come. Oh yeah, weather. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. You can't have it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Norway has bad weather too, I yeah. imagine. So. <laughs> so, Sarah, I wanted to touch on. Um, obviously the, the elephant in the room, we're all living in this like weird pandemic world. What is it like as a mother of three amazing boys? What is it like navigating them through what is happening? It's interesting. My kids are young still. They're, um, 
three, five, and eight now. Giorgio just turned eight yesterday, which is crazy. Happy birthday, little G. Yeah, <laughs> big G. He's big. big. G, yeah. He's basically a teenager. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to instill a bunch of fear into them that's not necessary. They're still, again, they're so little. Like our three-year-old basically is just home anyway. So, um, you know, we we didn't go into, okay, guys, here's what's happening in the world. Like obviously we they know about the virus because their entire school system got flipped upside yep. down. Yep. And they were all like, why are you teaching us? Why are you our teacher yeah. <laughs> now? Yep. Giorgio at one point literally was like, when do I get to go back to school? <laughs> My friends. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, we just kind of kept it really casual with them, you know, follow the rules. If you have to wear it when they were in school, if you have to wear a mask, just put it on, like, just do the rules. Um, but don't be afraid. And we got our bubbles together right away. Cause I, I can't imagine my kids world without their friends. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of adults and grown up parents who, did kind of cut all of those ties right away and isolated legit for the whole, the whole first year. year. And I've seen children who have been really affected by it. And I think as you get older in age, it's obviously affecting them more. There's, there's high school students that have not had their high true high school experience or college students who were so excited to go to university or college. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you get to do it from home now. And they're like, well, that's, you know, I know a lot of people who go to university just to have the experience. experience. They don't care about the education part. (laughs) They just want to do the dorm and they want to party and they want to make friends and they want to explore life, that, that portion of life. And that was taken away. So for us, I just, I'm for, I feel fortunate that they're so young that we just rolled with it. And again, got our bubbles and just, you know, there was people they couldn't see and there was people they could see. And my biggest, my biggest, uh, concern is the kids whose, whose school was their only resource to get out of their home, whether it was an abusive home mentally for them, it was not a safe place for them to be women in abusive relationships that are now stuck in their homes. You know, even driving your kids to school wasn't out for you for the morning or for the afternoon. So for or, me, or the, your abuser being gone to work. Now they're just there now they're all there. the time, all the time collecting government money. Why would you go back to work after that? Right. So I, <sighs> And there's so many different uh, out, um, there's so many different scenarios that I think about that just make me feel sick um, because of all of the shutting down and all of the resources going away. And so for us, it was just really important to keep them feeling normal, you know, in an environment that felt normal. And of course, being just a little bit more aware of that it's out there. If we go to the store, here's a little bit of hand sanitizer afterwards, before, after, put a mask on, just do what we need to do so that it doesn't seem like this massive change for them. So that's what we did. Yeah. And how do you think they've handled it? Has it gone well, would you say? Um, yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a very honest yeah. answer, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we're, we're all trying to figure out how to do this. So that's, that's very fair. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, at first last, I guess it was last March, April, March, when it started to really flow into this country, yeah. we were really unaware of what was going to happen. Kind of February in, in China. Yeah. And then we, and then it got here and we're all like, okay, we're all shutting down. Yeah. I remember I thought tons of people were going to die. I yeah. thought this was going to be like catastrophic. Well, like, and then that contagion movie came on Netflix <laughs> And yeah. then you, was, everyone watched joke. it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I watched it and I was like, okay, so seven of us are going to live yeah, yeah. and the rest of the world is going to be gone. So every, you know, at first, and we were, we actually had a walk off tour booked. We were so booked up. We I remember so booked. getting the call from our tour manager in March when it was, it was basically like, Hey, everything is canceled. And at that point, we were looking at tour dates all the way through October. Yeah, I was like, exactly. wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> and we have, we, Johnny's parents have been a massive help for us over the years with the kids. And I brought all three of them on tour, like all, all of them since they were born, since I was pregnant, they were with us. And I did two tours with all three of them. And I was like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> I can't, be a lot. <laughs> I can't do that again. So we had like just 
almost before the pandemic just said, okay, we're going to start leaving them with, with Johnny's parents when we go away on these trips so they can still live their normal lives here and we go do our work. And then, you know, it's not as, and for me, it was just, it was way too much. It was too exhausting to have them all. And it sucked because being away from your kids sucks. Um, but although we did have some fun, fun party nights, but (laughs) (laughs) I I say this in the nicest way possible. It, It was way more fun to have you out and hanging out with us on tour without the kids there. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. <laughs> and I love your children. Well, They're it, amazing. It made me but love Sarah my job s- again. Sarah got so much more fun when the kids weren't around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the weight of responsibility, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so at that point, when the March tour or whatever was supposed to happen and our managers were still like, oh, no, it's fine. We're going to keep everything. We're going to just, we're going to do it still. And I was like, if we go to the U.S. at this point, we're not getting back in. We're not going to get back in. And I'm not going to be separated from my kids un, with an unknown date, you know? And and not to mention Johnny's parents, they're older. Johnny's Johnny's dad has diabetes. Like, they're at risk. They are in they are in the risk category, especially then when we didn't know anything about this virus. So I was like, I can't leave my kids with them. I can't. What if they get it from school or whatever, bring it home, and then your parents get sick? Who's going to take care of them? And yeah. then, like, what's going to happen, Right. And I, God forbid they, they die. Like, it's just, no, it's not worth it. So I remember having all those conversations. So at, yeah, it was really scary. And, you know, so we were just like, okay, we're going to cancel everything and we're going to ride this out and see what happens. And then that's obviously when all the lockdown and those started happening and things started closing and opening and closing and opening and everything started to go. I'm, I, I just, I'm glad we're in a spot now where, we have a lot more information about everything. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You know, we have numbers now we have, uh, we have more information about who the disease or who the virus affects more than others and, and all that, which kids obviously for the most part, haven't really been affected. Yeah. I think there's zero deaths in Canada of children under 12. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is great news. Great news. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that was the biggest concern was, watch that contagion movie. And next thing you know, it's like, okay, which one of us are all going to die. So being in a spot now where it's a lot less concerning feels really good. Not to mention all the, all the messaging that we got out of the media right at the front end where it was like, there's going to be 2.5 million deaths in the United States by like, April of 2020 and it's like yeah. none of that happened. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, none of those curves went quite the way they said that. Yeah. The projections were just oh, so they were catastrophic. Yeah. Exactly. I saw someone break, was I saw, flatten the curve. Like I I was like all on board with that. I'm like let's oh, flatten this curve. Yeah. I don't want everyone to die. 100%. Yeah. And I don't I don't think any reasonable person didn't think that way. But I saw someone break down the numbers. They they took all of the like the CDC numbers and all the stuff that was in the media in the states right at the front end of the pandemic and he broke it down and it was something like 1,570% wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. off. Yeah. So, and, and that's social media for you, right? Yeah. The social media has been a complete nightmare this whole time. Oh, and it's divided all of us. Oh, headlines, um, false information, the news. Imagine the news is ratings. Like oh. you're, you're on the news. No one really watched the news before. Like a lot of older people watch the news. You know, you put it on because it's in the background or whatever. But like Johnny's parents watch the news all the time. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're now this, this thing is here and it's, it's going on and on and on. All people are doing is watching the news. And then all from all of that comes all of these other like really... Uh, unbelievable headlines and false information and people are reading it and then they're fighting and they're talking and they're, I mean, social media alone minus the virus is very deceitful, right? No matter what, like I'm a female in an entertainment industry. I see it all the time. I've I've done it. I'd actually like to talk about that if you're, if you're into it, like because social media has become this hot topic. There's that social dilemma documentary that came out on Netflix that talks about what it's doing to young women. Like um, we're seeing suicide rates among preteen girls. We never saw in history. Yeah. Suicide of preteen girls. It just, it didn't happen. Yeah. Or boys. Now we're seeing it. Yeah. And, And this can almost, be fully attributed to social media. But as someone, like you said, as an entertainer who's in this, who's who who understands this, 
What do you what is your what are your thoughts on what it's doing to people? I just think in general, I mean, I social media is my job. Yeah, so exactly. I I make it a point to be as authentic and real as I possibly can because I don't ever want to be one of the people that that are out there that are giving a false idea of something, right? And but oh man, it's a nightmare. When I was younger, it was magazines that you would have to buy. So first of all, you'd have to have money to buy them, you know? And like I grew up, my my dad was a police officer. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So we had no money. I wasn't out there buying magazines. all the magazines <laughs> no. to look at these women and to to get my perception of what a f- the female should look like or what we should be. And it was already bad enough, you know? So now it's like every single place you look, every single place you go, there's there's just shit everywhere of just, this is what you need to look like. This is what this person looks like. This is what I'm doing. Young, young women on TikTok that influence 12 year olds are going and getting lip injections and Botox and their fans are 12 years old. Like I didn't, I, you know, when I was 12, I had, I had definitely had like body issues, but not to the extent that they do now. And it's, I'm, just thankful I don't have a daughter to be totally honest (laughs) because I just I feel like it's a really tough world to navigate young women through at this point and and anyone though now we're all seeing it right like all of these headlines and advertisements and things and division and separation and bringing like the togetherness like it's so confusing it's so confusing and it's to be honest my kids I won't let them on. So they all have Instagram accounts and I post, you know, I'll post pictures of them. And, and because I, I just think if I was a kid, if, if I could look back on the day I was born and really see like footage or video, oh, yeah. stuff like that. It's like a photo album. Yeah. But it's all positive and it's all, it's all, you know, censored content, all of that. I just, I can't, I won't let them go on TikTok. I won't let them. I don't even go on TikTok. I hate TikTok. I won't it's do it. It's the scum of the internet. It's awful. It's terrible. Like, it's a terrible, terrible place. And if you're there, leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it consumes people's entire lives. Like the, the, entire what? lives. I was at our new studio the other day, sitting outside, and we have this big window, and it's in a spot where people do a lot of TikToks because there's like an iconic telephone booth there, or something. So, <laughs> anyway, so we're always seeing, and it's it's in Burlington. So there's a lot of like young youth out. They're out. It's downtown. Whatever. So I was watching, I just looked outside and there was five, like probably 12, 13 year old girls doing the TikTok dances for 45 minutes until they got it perfect. And then right after they sat on the windowsill, all with their faces in their phones, you know, they were probably like editing it and putting the captions on and doing this. And like to be totally honest, I said to my friend, Sam, I called her and I said, there's, there's five 12 year old, 13 year old girls outside staring at their phones. I was like, when I was 13, I was hiding under a bridge smoking hash. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like, and not saying that that's what I think 13 year olds should be doing, but I was interacting with my friends. We were walking through the forests. We were like discovering the city. We would literally walk everywhere. We would walk for five hours at a time, just from one end of the city to the next and find bridges and just hang, you know? And, I don't know. And I don't want to sound old and like, oh, kids these days, but it just, it's really sad to see. So I try as hard as I can to keep my kids off of those specific apps. I don't mind them using um, iPads for things like educational things. If they're watching YouTube, they're not allowed to watch Ryan reviews. Like they can't watch stupid stuff. They're right. like, there has to be educational yeah. like, epic history. And stuff yeah. Like that, and know? I always put those David Attenborough shows oh, on yeah. Netflix those for them. Great. You know, <laughs> those are great. His voice makes me calm. Uh, oh, I he's do so love good. He's a wonderful man. He's so good. So I think it's, I think it is important for, for, uh, parents to monitor what their kids are watching because I do see, so again, we have TikTok. I do see a lot of you know how they you can recreate someone's audio or TikTok in TikTok, and you can take their audio and redo the skit or redo their thing. Yeah, to be honest, I know nothing about it. I've okay. never <laughs> used the platform, but I had an intern working here at the studio once. Oh, he loved it. Who? Well, no, it was a different one. It oh. was it was a, a young girl named Bella, and she she does fairly well on TikTok, and she was showing me some of it, and I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is not, this is not a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> 
also, yeah, there's just so many things wrong with it. I don't think young, I don't think young women should be on TikTok. But but they love, like, I I was uh, dating someone who had a 13 year old girl, so I got I got to experience this, and she was on her like. I feel like I am a cyborg. Like I, my whole work is done on my phone. I'm on the phone all the time. If I don't yeah. have that, then suddenly I feel like I've lost an arm. Yeah. But it was like she was losing her heart. Yeah. Like if the phone was ever taken away, it was like true devastation. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, I have a, I have a niece. I have tons of people who I know whose daughters at the, in that age group. If you take their phone away. They go through full withdrawal. Oh, yeah. Full like withdrawal. Weeping horror at the idea that they, that they that's their whole life. Yeah, it's really disturbing. I've floated, <laughs> this idea, I've floated this idea before, and I know that it's unpopular, but let's call that what it is. It is addiction, yeah. right? So what are the other substances that we consume in our lives that are addictive? We consume alcohol. We consume tobacco. We consume marijuana. Although I don't, Although I don't know, I don't know really if addictive. marijuana is addictive. I don't think that it is. But take alcohol and tobacco. There are age barriers on when you are allowed to use those substances yeah. because they are addictive and they ruin lives. We know that social media is addictive and ruins lives. Yeah. Why have we not put a barrier to entry on it? Exactly. Because... These companies are making so much money. So uh, and you know the demographic money. they're making the most money off of? Teenagers. Exactly. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, they're the most impressionable. <laughs> yeah. And it sucks when you see like a 12-year-old girl dancing in her bedroom in tiny shorts to some song because you're like, who's watching that? Yeah, yeah. you know yes. some, who's creepy, watching that, some you know? yes, creepy middle-aged dude on the other end of that screen is watching that 12-year-old girl dance. Exactly. That is a symptom of an unhealthy society. That's that's gross. That's like approved child pornography, yeah. in my opinion. That's really. exactly what it is. Yeah, that's not okay. Se- the sexualizing of children is evil. I it's don't know so why evil. we have to like. Well, we don't. Why we, there's we, a debate we, about it? We, but there, there is. There like, we're be allowing it. Yeah. yeah, and people are watching it. Yeah, I know. And enjoying it. And like, this is the thing. It's just not okay. I I understand why certain countries ban apps like this. I think. I think it's, I think TikTok, I mean, look at China. China has like serious regulations on anything. They don't have like, I don't think you can even watch like actual YouTube over there. It's like their own version of it, you know, or they have like TikTok doesn't exist. It's been banned in certain countries, India as well. I know, I don't think you can watch TikTok if you're in India. India. There's just certain places where that are like, no, we're not going to allow that. And, you know, depending on their reasons for it, Again, just I'd have to do more research on that, but I get it. I'm like, yes, ban it, ban yeah. that shit. Oh, uh, it needs to go. <sighs> it needs to go. And what's I think what's sad is that there's an entire generation of children right now, and many of them are losing their childhood to that. Yes, like, that's, to the, that's to, the great tragedy. To the online, like we can take all of the ideas away from it. Like that is a tragedy. Yeah. Right. And like you, you were talking about like you were hanging out with your with your friends, running through forests, exploring yeah. as a kid. Like <laughs> I was riding my skateboard and playing street hockey with my friends. Yeah. And like that was a good childhood. Yeah. I can't imagine that the generation who is growing up now will grow up to be adults and look back at spending five hours a day on TikTok as like a good use of their childhood. No. Imagine how good you could get at something if you even were. To, I say this to Giorgio and Luigi all the time. Yeah. I say, look, because sometimes like they all do piano lessons. They all do drum lessons like that. For me, I'm like, you have to do something, you know, and I know that they're passionate. They're quite passionate about piano. And Johnny and I always say, if you spent the time that you've just spent watching, you know, The Flash or whatever movie it is that they watched, if you had spent even a portion of that practicing something else, you have no idea how good you could be at all kinds of different things. I'm so adamant about just try everything, right? Skill set building. And I don't mind. You can go on a screen, go on a screen. I'm going to tell you in 30 minutes to get off of it and take it away from you. But like, or, you know, we have our movie nights or there's, I have three kids. There's some nights where I'm like, just go downstairs (laughs) and watch TV. (laughs) Like I'm not totally against it, but. You mean you're human? (laughs) Yeah. But imagine, imagine, I just think if my parents had had the resources and the ability to really zone in on the things that we, they knew we were talented at, at a young age, 
then I would have been a way better guitar player, a way better um, piano player, a way better singer. Like, you know, again, my parents were in a different situation. My dad was con- like working every day and my mom was had three kids. It's too hard. I get it. Like I get raising in the kids in the 80s, 90s was not easy um, or n- never is. But if, if we were to, if, if like parents were to just say, I'm going to for 30 minutes get you to do something else, you know, that you yeah. could potentially grow at. And like, I don't know. I'm all about the, I want to raise my kids like as if we were living in the eighties. I want summer camps all summer. Yeah. Oh, I want them to outside. be outside. Yeah. I want them to catch crayfish in the, in the Creek and get stung by bees and you know, get like dirt on their hands. Get, I want them covered in dirt. I want Mud. them going on hikes and, <laughs> You know, like a fine balance, obviously, because our world is very technological and we do need them to be familiar with devices. Like, there's no doubt oh, about yeah, or that. Or then they're like not going to be able to function to some degree. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, I can make a wooden spoon, <laughs> yeah. but I can't fill out a form <laughs> right, online. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I think it's just a really fine balance. But I think what happens is is people just kind of get lazy and they use it as... It's a really good babysitter. It really is. Like if I ever want my kids away from me, I'm like, here's the iPad, you know? Yeah. And then they're, they could be gone for hours at a time, but you have to be really self-aware of what it is or how long they are actually spending on those things. Because like you said, yeah, 13-year-olds are spending eight hours a day on their phones. Oh, eight Which, hours what are they like doing? That's a bad what are they doing, day, right? <laughs> and there's, I heard, a, uh, heard an interesting perspective from um, someone who's recording a record here. She's a, a school teacher, like a grade school teacher. And she said the biggest problem is that boredom fosters creativity. And when you are constantly solving the boredom, you are stunting the creativity. 100%. And these children aren't developing their creative fortitude, their their, their ability to imagine things. Do you remember like, like when I was a kid hanging out with my sisters, we would like make up entire worlds and like act out oh, roles. Yeah. yeah. Do children still do that? Like, do your kids do that? Well, yeah, my kids do. Um, Romeo is actually really good at it. He's three and I'll leave him be in his room and just hear him playing with his toys. Like he, I just got him this little monster truck at the store the other day and he hasn't put it down and he just rides it on everything. And then I hear him singing. He always sings. He'll be like, Oh, them in this monster truck. And then this one comes along and that's a happy <laughs> little doggy. <laughs> yeah. He tells yeah. the story and I'm like, yes, use your imagination. And my middle son, Luigi is very nature. He loves nature. So I'm, if he's ever like, mom, I'm bored. I'm like, go outside, go outside, go, go build, like make a little thing out of like dirt and grass and go get some caterpillars, start a little family in there, go, you know what I mean? Like think of things that you can be creative and using your mind. Cause you're so right, Zach. Like, and that it does it for us too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I we, know. I was just not, thinking when you said a, that, I was not like, immune to that. how much time do we distract ourselves? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like I do it all the time. Constant gratification. Yeah. That's, and that's the other thing. It's instant gratification and we are no longer teaching or practicing delayed gratification. And yeah. it is only delayed gratification that will actually give you results in your life that you're going for. Like everything in my life that I look at that I love and appreciate was hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exclusively. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. The most valuable and important things to me, all of them were hard. All of them sucked at times. Yeah. But in this world where as soon as something's hard or you don't want to engage with something or you don't want to do your homework or I don't want to keep editing this vocal or whatever it happens to be, you should pop online and yeah. you just numb that pain. And next thing you know, well, you're gone. It, and this is like what we're, ha- we're doing with social interaction too. It's like, oh, I don't agree with you on something. I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. Or I'll just block you. Which I is wrong. Talk to I anymore. hate this so much. Talk to people you disagree with. If you're not it talking to people who... It will make you better. Yeah. I, I just like, there's a middle ground, people. Things aren't all the way this way and all the way this way. You don't sit all the way over here and all the way over there with nothing in the middle. Exactly. This is a major issue that we're all and, going and through And we're right not now. just these ideological blo- like robots who have to follow, oh, no, I'm on this side or I'm on that side. Like Humans are nuanced. Yes. We have different opinions on things. We're allowed to have different opinions yep. on things. I know. And just because you have a differing opinion doesn't mean the person you're engaging with 
is bad or less than you because they have a different opinion. Shut up and listen to them. You might learn something. You might learn something. (laughs) Why don't we do that anymore? Why can't we just... I think think, social media plays a big role in I think social media and I also think cancel culture because we live in now... I hate cancel. (laughs) It's the worst. We live in this world where if you say the wrong thing or you make a mistake, there's no grace for that. Yeah. Right? Why are we not allowed to make mistakes, hash them out, have the conversations, learn, grow, and get better? Yeah. Mistakes are how you get better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yes. you would know this as a musician, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, you didn't get great at what you're doing because you were always awesome at it. No, no, not at yeah. all. Yeah, put it, put it in the perspective of, of music. Imagine you were like, I want to be a musician. And then you pick up the guitar and you go to play your first show and you weren't incredible. And all of society was like, you're canceled. Yeah. yeah. Like you. <laughs> There's yeah. no space for you to get better. Yeah. It's so like that's stupid. To change. Here's the problem. It's like, you did that thing five years ago. That's you. Yeah. Or, or you did the, like, and we experience this with music all the time. Cause our, with our band, we explore all different genres of music constantly. It's like, it's yeah, a, I, it's I a it. pro it's and good, a contest. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. It's like, cause you love music. Yeah. Like at first when we first blew up and we signed with Columbia records, they were kind of like, okay, so what genre are you? And like, what is it that you're going for? Cause every song that you gave us for this album is a different genre and we're <laughs> right, not right. really, and I get, I get where they were coming from because when you, a big label wants to give somebody a brand. They don't want to say like, well, this is what this song sounds like. And then they're going to do like a hip hop song and then a heavy metal song. And that song has opera in it. And like, (laughs) it's, it's hard to sell. It's hard to sell something when you're that all over the place. But people say, Oh, I I don't like this. You know, we, we put out a song called gang of rhythm. Everybody loves it. We have like tons of kids in in the song. They love it. Families love it. And then put out a song like Nomad that's about a one night stand, which we've all experienced. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for the most part, we didn't just miss that part of our life. (laughs) And we're artists. We write about things and experiences that we've had. And then all of a sudden it's like, this isn't you guys. Uh, How could you talk about something like this? There's children listening. Like, guys, you can... (laughs) You don't have to play this for your children. Yes, exactly. Like, Okay, there's a swear word in it, which we should talk about swear words too, because I really want to change the game when it comes to swear words, especially when it comes to parenting. Right. Because why why is it okay for us to say to a child, you're not allowed to say the F word, the S word, the A, whatever, but you're allowed to say the word ugly and hate and fat and disgust. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like in our house, I swear all the time. I swear Mm -hmm. all the time. My kids hear me swear all day. I have a huge potty mouth. None of my kids swear. They all know they're not allowed to say those words. Like, and when they do, they actually use it in context. So I'm kind of proud. That- <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like Luigi stubbed his toe once and he was like, I just heard him out of the corner of his mouth. Fuck. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what'd you that. say? And he goes, nothing. Nothing, nothing mom. No. But ow. Yeah. <laughs> ow. And I was like, okay, well, you used it in context. You're not using it at school and you're not being rude to people with it. Yeah. Don't be rude to people. But why, uh, you know, the word, again, hate, ugly. Disgusting. Dis- like fat. Loser. You know, loser. Yeah. 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 Those those are words in my house that if I hear if I ever hear my kids say them they don't very often because they are sweet kids but like if they do I'm like no uh uh-uh. uh bad that's a bad word those are words that I I consider to be swear words well okay so I grew up in a Christian home and there's a, a Bible verse that says let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth yeah right and the Christian, the Christian the yeah. Christian culture <laughs> often takes that to be like well don't use the word shit that's unwholesome yeah but. I think there's a lesson to be gleaned out of that. I think the way you use language affects what you're saying. So if you say, oh shit, I'm sorry I did that. Like I made a mistake. Like that's one context of the word. And it is entirely different than saying you were a piece of shit. Yes. That's unwholesome. And so we have these category of four letter words that like society considers unwholesome, but you're right. You're a loser. You're fat. You're ugly. Like that is all unwholesome. Like let's have a, a more nuanced and like helicopter view of like how we use language and how it affects the people around us. Exactly. Because that's where the bread and butter of it is. That's where like your words have power. 
Yeah. Your yes. words change words people. Words mean things. They yeah. mean things. They and mean be well spoken. You don't want to just sound like yeah. a hick that yeah. just swears all the time. Yeah, of course. You know, use use, use them in context. Yeah, yeah. use them properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're good words. Like not but like I, they're enjoyable to say. There's a reason we use them the way we do cuz they're emotive. Yeah. Right? I think they do actually do have some kind of chemical reaction in a, they did a whole special recently on it on the word fuck. And yeah. like I think Nicolas Cage hosted the I can't remember where. Oh, it's I saw a great it. and he, where he goes like all the different ways it can be used. Yeah. It's one of the most like <laughs> it's a very versatile word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember what we were talking about before I steered the conversation in that way. By the way, when I drink coffee, I go all over the place. Oh no, well we like <laughs> no, going all it. over the place. Okay, in, so in this. I, I, I on this topic though, I wanna I wanna wrap that topic up. Where is the line when you think you're gonna like hear your kids swear and be like, eh, okay. I think when they're, you know, at least in the double digits. Yeah. 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 11, 12, 13. I think beyond that, at that Can't point, really they're saying it with their anyway, friends yeah. anyway, right? You're in high school basically. And when you're 13, you're pretty much in high school. So yeah, you're basically there. I mean, I was definitely swearing when I was in grade seven, eight. So that was, yeah. 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 We sometimes grow up and forget that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier, though, about like society dividing and how we're all, everyone has an opinion on oh, everything. Yeah. It's breaking everything down into black and white, right? Yeah. It's like saying, oh, you're a bad person because you're swearing. What, really? Yeah. Is that now? You the sure you've never muttered cuss words under your breath? Well, not yeah. even that. It's like the people who don't do it because they feel like that somehow changes their moral standing. No. No. Not at all. And uh, like, cancel culture is a, a nightmare. Stop. It needs, to, it needs stop. to stop right now. But the thing is, is social media is such a monster that I don't think we're capable because back in the day, it's like nobody was able to not like every person on the planet wasn't able to just kind of share their opinion. And I don't mean because they were, you know, they had their mouth taped shut and they weren't matter. They didn't matter. It just, it wasn't a possibility to like put it out into to the world. To to everybody. Yeah, yeah, the way that it does now. So I think we're just not capable of handling so many different perspectives and so many different views and so much content that we just almost naturally just go one way or the other because we don't know, like you said, we don't know how to have conversations with everyone and hear their different point of view and be okay with it and actually listen. Also, social media gives every person on the planet the strength to fight and go on and say, like, you you read the one headline, all of a sudden you're like, I'm in. Like, yeah. I'm going to take this person <laughs> oh, down. This guy's yeah. so wrong. <laughs> yeah, because it's in our nature, even as humans, to be confrontational. And we're tribal, right? And like, I think the big problem is that we used to have smaller tribes that were more isolated in the sense of like, oh, this is my community. Yeah. And, we, and I need to be a part of my community that's local. And that means that I, there are going to be differences. Yeah. There's going to be people that I don't agree with, but, that, but they live next door. So I guess I got to get along with them. But now yeah. we're creating our communities digitally. Yeah. And it's like, and so it, it, it's a deeper, more nefarious thing is that that becomes their identity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is who I am. I'm the kind of person who gets justice and goes out and takes these people down and cancels. Especially them. when they get reactions from other well, people. Yeah. It <laughs> feeds, oh, if, it, I, I feeds mean, it. So, uh, social media is so interesting, right? Because uh, at least for me, I'm not very big on social media. So if something blows up, I will pay a lot of attention to my phone. Oh my like, gosh, comments, like right, yeah. reading everything. It's it's a part of what we do too. And I'm guilty of it 100%. It's like, oh, this one got a thousand. Oh, this one got, you know, it, you, you start to measure yourself, the quality of even your feelings about yourself on the, on yeah. the, and the, on the success your posts are having. Yeah. And it is so nefarious how much dopamine they just feed you. Oh my gosh. And it's just... And you know what? Here's here's a note. And this is something I've experienced firsthand. So anyone out there listening, try to remind yourself when you're reading those comments and you're ready to start fighting back in a situation that they might have actually been created by the person who posted that thing in the first place. Yeah. So because there's a tactic to that, you post something, you know, it's going to be confrontational in some way. What level that is, it just depends on the content. And there's fake Instagram accounts created by the person who posted that picture 
that go in and start those fights so that they can get the analytics and the momentum going. So sometimes everyone that's listening, you're fighting with the person who actually posted that thing in the first place. And it's just about engagement. It's all about about engagement. The algorithm, right? Algorithms, engagement. It is, it's a full, it's fully strategized, especially the bigger you get. It's fully strategized. Look at Billie Eilish's career right now. It's, she, what they've done is so smart, so smart. And the way that they're playing out her career, like, you know, I'm going to give her credit. Obviously, she's an incredible artist. But but her marketing there's team a is massive on another team. level. Eh? There's a massive team <laughs> yeah. behind everything that's going on with all the artists. And they're still very unique in their own ways. But again, there's a team behind everything you see, especially as you get into the bigger people with more followers. There's a reason why those comments and those fights become the center of the communication, the talk, what what's going on, you know? So I think it's important for people to understand who exactly it is that's commenting. Cause you're probably oh, fighting with their marketing. That's yeah, such just, a, I mean, that's, that's, that's uh, marketing. That's politics. That's, you know, that's, I want to actually go into something you said though. That's interesting that I love where you're like, there's always people behind them. And I guess Zach is one of those people that's been behind you all of this time. What, what do you being, um, you know, famous having a team behind you talk about the team what is it like to be part of a team is it you know what does that feel like and how would you like because so many people get in their heads that i just need to become famous i need to become important and they don't realize you can't do that alone yeah and so they they're struggling up this mountain of trying to achieve things and they don't realize that the way to get there is people yeah and they get angry and they get yeah. jaded and they yeah, don't they understand feel like, oh i'm not i'm not good enough. yeah no yeah. it's not about you being good enough yeah well i think one of the most important things and i always say this is you find what i did was i you know i started playing music started doing solo shows open mics whatever it was and then you know that was hard that was hard it was a hard thing to do trying to have like a solo career <clears throat> So I started to find people around me that were just as motivated and just as interested in doing the same thing. And I think that, I mean, it really did show when I started working with Johnny and we started doing these videos and then all of a sudden one of our videos blew up and everything started happening. But you're right, there's a team. It's a pyramid, right? It's not upside down. There's not one person at the bottom and then everybody else. Right, yeah. It's, it's, it goes this way. So like you have, the, you have a, a wonderful team. We always hired people that were dedicated smart fun to hang out with for the most part we've had we've made a few accidents. i hope that's not a slight on me <laughs> no, not, no. god no zach came to us when he was 19 years old with his little emo haircut <laughs> he was this skinny oh, like yeah, he, was he was so good. tiny you shaved that emo haircut into a mohawk though. i that sure cool. did because <laughs> you're like no i sure did i gave zach a massive mohawk it but was awesome. i remember when you had a mohawk yeah it was, was a good so that was fun. a good face that was good yeah yeah Zach would let me do his hair. That was the most important thing. Right. Well, right. out of everyone, it was like, like Johnny. Okay, and Zach. so hiring. <laughs> yeah. I need someone to do whose hair I can do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just so important, and it, it it is it is a t- it's a team effort. You need to be you need to surround yourself with people who are motivated, who will try things. I think a lot of people kibosh things right from the start. Mm. Oh, that's a stupid idea. No, that's never going to work. Oh no, and that's what worked for us was every ridiculous idea we had for a video or a song. We just did it. We just did it and said it maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. But like Who if cares? we're gonna we're, built, we're making things. We're having fun. Yeah, if we're gonna do this, let's do it. Let's not try to be like this the coolest or try to be something that we're not. Let's just be us and just find the people that are going to be able to do that with us. Like Zach has experienced firsthand He'll he probably watch a video with us playing some ridiculous thing that we invented, and then he he'll be like, oh, "We're going to take that on the road for sure. That's coming on the road." Right I ha- now, I have, I have to build that. a case for it. Yeah, that is that is a real thing that has gone through my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, our team is incredibly important, and and they mean a lot to us, which is why we've had people like Zach with us for you know t- over ten years now. So I think it's like. I think this year is 10 years. Oh, yeah, years. this will be the 10th year. I think this year. is 10 years, yeah. 
So when you find those people, keep them in your life, even if you disagree with them sometimes, yes, even if you exactly. don't like their idea <laughs> or, you know, sit down, have a conversation, see where their creative mind is at, see where yours is at. Songwriting was one of the hardest things and I think is one of the hardest things for people because a lot of songwriters and artists don't want to stray from their own ideas. Yeah, because they feel like so attached. That's my idea. Yeah, exactly. And um, one of the things that I learned a lot, because songwriting is probably my weakest link. I, I'm, I don't enjoy it too much and I never feel like I'm good at it. Right, right. But we've done a lot of really great songs that have gone gold and platinum, so I guess we're pretty we're pretty okay at, at it. it. <laughs> Something's going on. Well, you're not terrible. <laughs> not terrible at it. But, um, you know, writing a song that you feel really proud of and then taking it into a room and having other people tear it apart and change it. That's... Like is, your child is something that you need to get. Yeah. You need to get used to that because if you want to be successful as an artist and you want to work with other artists, which is a, a good strategy of becoming famous or getting more attention, you need to be able to let go of that one lyric that it, okay, yes, it might've been about your mom or your cat or whatever, <laughs> right? but there's a way to say it better. And and right. these people are really professional at it. And and you need to kind of just let that side of it go. And then in the meantime, if you want to go release a song about your cat on the side, go do that. But yeah, if you like want that. to find success, you have to compromise. Be able, it's yes. necessary. Yeah. Compromise. You have to be willing to work together. You with have other to work people. together. You have to, because you just never know. You never know. Well, and I like what you said about Billie Eilish, because I think it makes a lot of sense, right? It's like, she has a, she's not just this individual. There's a massive team behind yeah. her that's making this all possible. Yeah. And that's, the, I think, the case for everyone. And I think we've just lost that somehow in, in general culture. It's like, oh, no, we're all individuals that are just trying to achieve our dreams. No, no, no. Every one of us who's achieved something significant has had a team. Yeah. And imagine the pressure that that's putting on younger people who are trying to break as artists or break as anything. Well, that person did it on their own. Yeah. How no. do I do that? No. <laughs> they <laughs> <You know>? did not. <laughs> no one does anything completely on their own. It's so important to surround yourself with people that have a similar vision, whether you're going to take the same road or not to get there. That's that's here nor there. But it's it's so important. And that's why it worked for Johnny and I. Because again, we were just like, let's just try everything. Let's not say no. Let's just say yes to everything and see what happens. Action provides clarity. Yeah. Right? And, and the now more you act, the more you know what you want it to look like. And now we have, you know, probably over 400 videos on YouTube. Like we have so many things that we've accomplished from trying everything and saying yes to everything. Although I probably, once touring comes back, I'm going to say no to a lot of that because <laughs> <laughs> you've been doing that for I a long time. I said yes to it forever and <laughs> then was finally given this like alt control delete. <laughs> Last year, and you're like, Mother oh. Nature was like, everyone go to your rooms for a yeah. year. We all got grounded. We, we all, all got, got grounded. grounded. <laughs> and it did open my eyes a lot. Touring is very expensive and it takes a lot. It's a lot of production, it's especially of in our world. It's a lot of, yeah. Well, you guys want to try everything soon. We have to bring up everything. <laughs> so you need to be yeah. able to do everything. <laughs> but when you get into that busy state and you're doing what you love, like, you don't want to stop. No. You don't say no to anything. You're like, yes to this. Yes, yes, yes. Like we'd be on a plane from Paris to Toronto and next next day, Paris or uh, Toronto to Australia. Like, no, 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 no. That was the same day. That was the same, that was the same damn day. That was the worst set of flights I've ever been on. We flew from Paris to Toronto to Vancouver to Sydney all in one go. And it was like something like 40 hours. Yeah. Oof. And I, I think, well, I don't even think I know a piece of me died yeah. <laughs> over the Pacific ocean. <laughs> I think if anything, this year has given me a very strong perspective on what we were doing before. And now I understand why we were so exhausted, not to mention throwing three kids into the mix. And now because of this break, if you want to call it, I, it, we're able to kind of see more clearly the things that we should be saying yes to and the things that we should be saying no to. We're also in a fortunate position where we've worked our asses off for the last 15 years yeah, to get and here. did that. We did that for with walk off for 10 years. I was in a band for six years before that we were literally on tour 10 months out of the year. So for 15 years, it's been go, 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 go. 
now are given this like opportunity to stop for a second and reflect and actually gather information and numbers and all kinds of things that you just never had the time to do before. And now we're like, okay, we can be a little bit more selective now. I think yeah, We're big enough now. That we don't have to say yes to everything. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I, although I loved those ter- Toad and Firkin shows in, you know, Pennsylvania when it was the time for, to be doing them. But I think now it's, it's more about finding those really great venues and not doing these big, long three week tours on buses and just like, not flying from Paris to Australia. Let's never do that again. Let's never do that again, please. <laughs> if you call me and say, "Hey, I have this great idea. We'll fly from Paris to Sydney," I'll be like, mm, no. "I quit." I mean, you, yeah, you know how I feel about the flight to Australia, anyway. So yeah. that's a long one. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. But thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for chatting with us. It was such a pleasure having you on. Um, really quickly before you go, why don't you just tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, of course. So walk off the earth, everything like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. It's all just walk off the earth, YouTube. And then uh, I've actually been working with Zach on some solo re re reinventing my solo side and and kind of reigniting that fire. So Sarah Blackwood music on Instagram and Sarah Blackwood on YouTube. And I'm going to be releasing some really fun songs and music soon. I'm excited. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> I want to come back on though because I really wanted to get into talking about mental health. Oh yeah, in this no, whole you situation. should. Yeah, we should do that. That would be awesome. So because I think that's something really important that people need to be more aware of right yeah, now. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely do You're maybe welcome the back anytime. episode. Yeah. If you want. Yeah, part two. There do, we go. Do you want, do you want episode hundred? Yeah. yeah, sure. She's yours. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you for having me guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, check her out online and or set your phone down and go outside. Yeah, yes. that too. <laughs> don't, you don't have to go under a bridge and smoke weed, but you can just, just go outside and it's walk an around option, in the but forest. But that is an option. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Canadian Story. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The CAD Story. That's The C-A-D Story. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Let's work together to remind Canadians how great their country is. 